0: You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. In this podcast, we share stories and updates from persecuted Christians, analyze current persecution trends, and always bring it back to prayer. We hope that this helps you to feel more connected to your persecuted family. Here's today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. My name is Dwight Schrute. I'm Andrew. And to address the elephant in the room, I came to work today dressed as Dwight Schrute uh, for a laugh, not remembering that we were recording a video today. So those of you watching the video, this isn't how I normally dress. Uh, we're simply fans of the TV show, The Office. And
1: he, he's really Jared, actually. I am, yes. For those of Jared. you who are listening, his name's not Dwight Schrute. No,
0: yes, hello, this is Jared. Uh, this is simply not my normal hairstyle or outfit, but maybe it'll give you he a says smile. That, yes. But... <laughs> with that out of the way, I hope you can uh, focus on what we're talking about and not my apparel this morning uh, for the duration of this podcast. We are excited to be back with you talking again about the global persecuted church and how God is working. I feel a little strange talking about a serious topic dressed like this, but it is what it is.
1: It is. Now, in terms of the Global Church, this Sunday, November 5th, is an important day for the Global Church. It is called the International Day of Prayer with the Persecuted Church.
0: Christians across Canada are going to be joining together in prayer for our persecuted family uh, through church services, moments on a Sunday where you stop to pray. And we want to invite you, the listener, to join us at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, as well as on our website, Uh, for our International Day of Prayer event. Which is a partnership with a bunch of other organizations
1: that make up IDOP Canada. So it's not just open doors people. Uh, You'll hear from uh, people from a variety of ministries that are helping strengthen the persecuted church.
0: It'll be a time of learning about various situations uh, facing the persecuted church today and a time of praying for them as well. Now
1: today, though, we, we want to take time to share with you how uh, the church is growing around the world, how yep. it's uh, being used to be salt and light. Open doors, you know, we focus on strengthening Christians where faith costs the most, uh, but that's pretty broad. Uh, and so strengthening the church can look different from country to country. Uh, in every part of the world, the persecuted church needs something different, different things in order to thrive. Uh, in their own culture and situation. And so Open Doors' goal is to support them in that. We don't come in and say, this is what you need. We come in and say, hey, what do you need? Yep. Uh, and so today we have three different stories from three different countries uh, where the church is being persecuted. Uh, but these stories will show
0: how God is using the church
1: yep. uh, to be a positive influence uh, to those around them and be salt and light for Jesus. Yeah,
0: and I think it's important to understand, like you said, we say we don't say, this is what you need. We say, what do you need? Yeah. And that looks different depending on the context. Yeah. So these are three very different stories, but all of them connect with how the church is growing. And we wanna start by focusing on Syria. You may remember that at the beginning of 2023, there was a devastating earthquake that hit Syria, as well as the nation of Turkey. Uh, thousands of people uh, left without homes, buildings collapsed, devastation reigned. It was just really, really terrible. And we wanted to give you an update on how the church is responding to that. We've talked about it a little bit over the months, both on social media as well as our blog. Um, And we wanted to update you on what your gifts and prayers are doing. Mm So we wanted to give you an update on how your support is making a difference in the life of the church. So when the uh, earthquake actually happened, Open Doors was on the ground right away providing emergency response. And now, months later, we're working on providing sustainable relief and sustainable Mm -hmm. aid for the church in Syria. So a few numbers that I I wrote down here. uh, Thanks to your gifts and your prayers, Open Doors partners have been able to repair 518 apartments. Uh, There's another almost 300 in the process of being fixed. And then again, almost 300 more on the waiting list, waiting for the availability of workers. And beyond that, our partners are planning to work with a team of engineers to uh, assess another 1,400 apartments to see the repairs that are needed. So bringing homes to those who have lost theirs uh, is one step towards- So it's a big project. It is a big project. It's uh, one step towards strengthening the church there. I have a great quote. This is from actually a little boy who was the recipient of a new bedroom. Um, when their apartment was repaired. This is what he said. I was so afraid from the cracks on my walls, but look, this is my new room. It's exactly as I wanted because I told the worker to paint it like this. I'm so happy with my new room. I feel safe now. Uh, I picked that quote just because I think it's a beautiful representation of mm-hmm. providing safety and comfort after a devastating event. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, ma- it's amazing how uh, children are so relatable because my kids, would be so happy if they got to pick the color of their room, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And now he's not afraid of the roof falling in. Yeah, well, the 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 safety thing is
1: obviously something that is hugely important for children. Of
0: course. Um, And, you know, beyond just uh, providing new rooms for kids, uh, open doors partners were able to put on a series of summer camps. The goal for that was just providing a safe, fun environment to make good memories following a traumatic event. So that's, you know, snacks and friends and games and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, another quote, this is from Ibrahim, the, the team lead on Earthquake Aid. Uh, quote, those camps were refreshing for the participants, especially for the children. The programs helped the children forget the terrible days they went through during and right after the earthquake. They overcame what happened during that time. It became a bad memory but isn't haunting them anymore. So, because of your help, we were able to serve more than 10,000 people, kids as well as families and youth, uh, through the summer camps. It was just a place of peace in the middle mm-hmm. of trauma. So, working to provide housing, working to provide good memories for families. And aside from that, uh, our partners are able to help with emergency cash vouchers uh, for over 5,000 families, which just helps make ends meet in a time Mm. of economic instability. Uh, Another almost 3,000 families are receiving monthly assistance that will last until the end of this year. And that assistance helps with uh, food, rent, heat, medicine, clothing, just all the basic necessities uh, that uh, have gotten more expensive since losing everything. And because housing rebuilding is going well open doors partners are able to divert some of their efforts into uh, hospitals and medical clinics particularly those that belong to churches which are actually able to offer affordable medical care to those who need it so thanks to the prayers and support of people like you open doors partners are able to provide hope in a time of hopelessness in syria it's a time to see that there's something better beyond the darkness but it's also uh, an opportunity for the Syrian church to remain. Like mm-hmm. there's every reason to leave and go somewhere else. And what our goal is, is to say there's a reason for you to stay and be a light in the darkness yeah. for Jesus because we want the church there to be growing and thriving. And yes. this is one way that we can do that.
1: Absolutely. What a beautiful story of uh, of seeing the church say, you know what? Uh, we're not just going to be a place of spiritual care. Yep. We're being a, a place uh, where we care about emotional and physical, the most, like I think of the safety of the kid. That's an emotional thing, right? Yeah. Uh, And physical thing. And so, uh, amazing story. And the next story that I want to share is actually comes from Vietnam. Uh, It's the story of Philemon, uh, a village shaman. Hmm. Now, I'm pretty sure that uh, (laughs) that was not his name. Yeah. That is a pseudonym. That's what we're calling him. Uh, But he was a village shaman. His life, though, was changed. When his siblings shared the gospel with him. But before that happened, Philemon had devoted his life to learning the guidebook on interacting with the spirit world. He was learning about the use of talismans and amulets and when to recite certain mantras for communicating with the spirits. Uh, This is a quote from Philemon. I was like a master or a savior to my community. When someone was attacked by an evil spirit, I summoned the spirit out of the victim's body. People claimed to be freed and they brought me offerings through my altar. Oh, uh, it's interesting. Like This is how he says he was viewed in the community, And but listen to his story. Like, he was here, that local celebrity, but mm. despite that, he had a very difficult life. Uh, he had overwhelming financial debt and addictions plus medical bills for his children, and praying to the gods he worshipped and summoned for others didn't work for himself. Uh, and it, it all led to one day where he and his wife had contemplated uh, suicide for them and their family. Uh, but hmm. it was then that his his sister shared the good news of Jesus with Philemon, and then his brothers invited him to a church meeting, and. Uh, long story short, Philemon became a believer, and then his wife became a believer, and, uh, and things began to change. You know, prayer became a, a, a regular practice for their family. Uh, and as each day passed, the couple could sense God's presence in their situation. It wasn't always easy, you know, Philemon says, my relatives discouraged us, saying we should give up and focus on doing business since our family was poor. My best friends, who were police officers and had positions in the community, mocked me and tried to stop me whenever I shared the gospel. But despite this, Philemon was determined to share how Jesus had changed him. Uh, he began to travel to local villages, uh, sharing about Jesus, and eventually built up a team uh, to, do the, to do the same. And they focused on teaching literacy in these communities, which not only allowed people to read the Bible for themselves. But it also gave them more opportunities and advantages in everyday life. When when we edu- when people are educated, it raises totally. their, their standard yep, yep. of living, right? And so uh, since starting that 10 years ago, Philemon and his team have trained at least 1,500 participants from 10 tribes each year. Wow. And they've also taught uh, 600 other trainers who are now teaching in their communities. Yep. Right? And some 30 participants also received discipleship training and we were encouraged to train their own churches. That's sustainable
0: church growth, right? Yeah. There. Philemon...
1: Sorry, I interrupted.
0: No, that's okay. I was just saying that's sustainable church growth, like teaching the local believers how to teach other people. And that's yeah. the method for building up the church.
1: Absolutely. Philemon is grateful to people like you who have supported the, this literacy project. He says, I see that God is helping this project become successful. I give thanks for your support, especially your financial support, as the participants are poor and cannot afford to have this kind of learning. When we conduct the classes, we also provide meals. They faithfully attend the classes because they see their love for others." But he also sees the importance of prayers that fuel him in his ministry. He says this, We cannot do anything by ourselves. Prayer is like breathing. We need it moment by moment. It is also vital when we are faced with persecution. During those times, we could feel the spiritual power that protects us and gives peace to us. We are encouraged in tough situations. Hmm.
0: I really like that. It's interesting to hear just the different needs that the church in Vietnam has compared to the church in Syria. Both of them are the church responding to an immediate need. In this case, it was literacy as a form of evangelism. In Syria, it's... Um, relief and aid and medicine and and shelter and things of that sort. And both times, it's the local church saying, this is what is needed, and Open Doors Partners being able to say, great, let us help you with that. Uh, I want to close with a third story. Uh, I really like this one. This is out of the nation of Ethiopia, and it's the story of Pastor Eliso, uh, another pseudonym, not his real name. And Eliso's church is in the northern part of Ethiopia, which is near the border of Somalia, a very volatile and difficult region to live as a Christian. There's a lot of inter-religious conflict between the Christian community and the, the Muslim majority population. And Eliso saw that and decided, I want my church to be a place where there is peacemaking, not conflict, not violence. Open Doors partners were able to connect with Eliso and his church and discuss the best way for the church to be a light in their community. And they began to build a water well. At the completion of the of the project, the water well was solar powered. Uh, it brings clean water from the earth and it provides clean water to now over a thousand families in the region. And that's significant because clean water in this part of Ethiopia isn't always a given. And when it is available, there's a cost to it, which provi- makes it uh, prohibitive to someone depending on their economic status. Elisa was determined not to have any requirements to get clean water. Mm-hmm. He put the well on the church compound and said, come and drink, take what is needed. And like I said, over a thousand families come and get water from that well, not only for cooking and drinking and hygiene, but there's also enough water for agriculture, which means better harvests, and it means you know a better standard of living for those who, uh, who are able to get water. And there's no cost, there's no money. He doesn't put a requirement to attend a church service to get water. It's just mm-hmm. the community can come, take what is needed. And do you know what the result is? It's a community hub. It's, I mean, it's also a place to get clean water, but it's a place where people can come and neighbors can talk mm-hmm. and it's peaceful and there's no conflict. It's just a place of peace, discussion, fellowship, conversation, friendships growing. That's the church being a light in the darkness through a very, very practical need, which yeah. is clean water. I love that. Yeah. I really like Elisa's vision to see how the church can be peacemakers. Yeah. And by doing that, through digging a well.
1: Yeah, to see the to see conflicts replaced by peace. Exactly that. That's uh, that's that is amazing. As Jesus is the Prince of Peace, yep. uh, I think he would be uh, thrilled by that. I think he is thrilled by that. Um, it's amazing to see uh, three different countries, three different needs, and yet the church stepping out and saying, "Hey, we need to meet these needs." Yep. Uh, and it's awesome to see how God is using the church and it's uh, being to be salt and light in their community. know uh, as we close today, as we do uh, all the time on the podcast, we want to spend a time, some time praying. Uh, and we want to, you know, often we are praying for our persecuted family. Today we're going to spend some time praying, thanking God of how these churches are stepping up, uh, how he is strengthening the church so that they can be salt and light. So uh, let's uh, have a word of thanks together. Father God, we are so grateful that as we uh, share these stories, Father God, that we can see you at work. We can see you at work through your church, uh, helping people, God, helping people with their physical needs, their emotional needs, and ultimately their spiritual needs. Father God, we thank you that uh, the church is being a place of peace, a place of comfort, a place of hope. Uh, that the church is uh, being a place of learning and growth. God, we pray that you would continue to strengthen your church around the world. God, where it's being persecuted, God, may they find ways to be salt and light, even amidst the persecution. God, I know that stories like this uh, doesn't mean that persecution is over. And so, God, we ask that you would strengthen uh, people like Philemon and Aliso and Uh, the church in Syria, God, that they would stand strong, even as persecution continues, God, that they would show the love of Jesus Christ to those around them. God, we thank you for how you're working. God, we pray that you would continue uh, to strengthen your church around the world. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. Thanks, as always, for joining us for the podcast. Uh, on a personal note, again, I apologize for forgetting that we were recording a podcast and dressing like this. Regardless, I hope you were blessed. Again, this Sunday, November the 5th, International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Join us on YouTube or at opendoorscanada.org IDOP. That's where the event will be streamed. We're a time of learning and praying for our persecuted family. Yeah. So join us then, 7 p.m. Eastern time on November the 5th. And we'll see you again on the next podcast. God bless. Thank you for joining us on the World Watch Weekly Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you know when our next episode is out. You can learn more about what persecuted Christians face and how you can help strengthen them on our social media at Open Doors Canada or at our website, opendoorscanada.org.